Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. We are now at episode 55, which is really exciting. Um, my name is Tony Rose, she, her pronouns. I am a modern classroom program manager, a former middle school English teacher and instructional coach. I am uh, I implemented and I also mentored um, for MCP and I am currently in Washington state. So today we have two amazing guests and uh, we're going to be talking about um, new teachers implementing the modern classroom. So I know that I've had a couple of conversations with teachers about, you know, hey, like, do I need to be in the classroom for five years or more to implement this model? And I started implementing the model my 10th year of teaching. So I had no idea. But it was really nice to be able to have that question posed and like something for me to think about. And I found two amazing people that we're going to have conversations with. Um, and so I'll give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. Chauncey, go ahead. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so my name is Chauncey Foreman. Um, I am from Virginia. I'm a current high school history teacher. Um, and I was also a part of the first uh, black male cohort for modern classrooms. Um, back in November of 2020, um, we went through like February of 2021. So um, that was exciting and glad to be a part of the podcast today. We're so happy that you're here, Chauncey. I've seen you do work and like the panels that we've had. And so I'm I'm excited to have you on here. And then our second guest is Anna. So Anna, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Anna Gosling. I use she, her pronouns. I'm currently a high school physics teacher in Virginia. I was a Modern Classrooms program fellow two summers ago, and then now I'm a Modern Classrooms mentor. Um, I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys both today. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm just so excited. Thank you for saying yes, by the way. <laughs> so we can have these conversations. Now, before I start asking questions about Anna and Chauncey's lived experiences as new teachers implementing the modern classroom, I wanted to just kind of go over some data points on our um, new-ish modern classroom teachers. And so this is something that I um, was thinking about and I reached out to Annie. So shout out to Annie, who puts together all of our research and data points, which is really great. But she was able to give me some um, some things to kind of think about, right? So we've had 300 teachers with zero to three years of experience enroll in our virtual mentorship program. So um, basically, they've had they filled out a final reflection survey. And my mind is just blown with the percentage. 96% of the teachers, the new teachers, found that this program was engaging. Um, 96% found that this program was applicable to them. Um, 93% said that the program inspired them. And 95% said that they would recommend the program to others. And then we have 85% saying that the program used their time pretty effectively, which is amazing. We also had a couple of questions where we talked about, you know, do you enjoy teaching more? I go home happier at the end of each day. Um, I find teaching more sustainable. And so we have um, 81% agreed that they enjoy teaching more. 68% agreed that they go home happier at the end of each day. And 
82% feels like they are part of a movement towards better education. And then 83% actually said that they'll continue to adopt the modern classroom practices for the rest of their career, which is really, really, really cool. Um, and so hearing those data points for the first time, Chauncey and Anna, what are your thoughts? And I guess we'll start off with Anna. What are your thoughts just hearing those percentage points? So my first thought was with those earlier data points you mentioned about finding the modern classrooms model useful and applicable um, and something they were, that, that new teachers were glad they, were, they had done reminds me a lot of my own experience my first year where all I wanted was some sort of professional development advice um, that was concrete and that I could implement in my classroom immediately. And finding modern classrooms for me really felt like that. So I'm glad to know that other teachers have had that same experience. And Chauncey, what, do you, what are your initial thoughts hearing some of those numbers? Do you like agree, dis- disagree, or like, yeah, that's that, that's it? Yeah, um, I definitely agree, um, especially kind of piggybacking off of Anna. Um, for me, once I, once I heard about Modern Classroom, you know, found out about it, inspiring is definitely the, the first word that comes to mind. Um, being that I had kind of like a half of a year under my belt doing traditional teaching, just the whole idea of modern classroom just really, really captivated me and um, made me want to try it. And now that I've been trying it too, it's 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 definitely living up to the hype, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree wholeheartedly, absolutely. Yes, it's so good to hear. Um, and so, okay, let's backtrack a little bit, right? So, um, Anna, how did you hear about Modern Classroom? You and I talked about this for a little bit, um, but can you share with our listeners, how did you hear about Modern Classroom? And then what year did you start implementing the Modern Classroom model? Yeah, of course. So I found out about Modern Classrooms, I think around November of my first year teaching. Um, our school technology specialist, who is fantastic, um, mentioned it in a weekly email, and I thought it sounded interesting. I checked out the website, and everything I saw in there looked like what I wanted my class to look like. Um, particularly, I was really, really, really excited about how modern classrooms allowed me to differentiate my learning, which was something that I had at the time been struggling with. So I decided I was going to apply for the fellowship. Um, and while doing that, I also decided to go through the free course and try to do a test run during my first year of teaching. Um, so I started doing a test run around, let's say, February um, of 2019. So, of course, that kind of wound up getting cut short in March with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and school closures. So I didn't really fully implement Modern Classrooms until my second year after doing the full fellowship and after kind of getting my uh, my feet under myself in the new the new virtual education world. And that's so impressive. I was talking to some of the teachers too that I'm like, you know, I really wish I had Modern Classroom the very first day that I started teaching. Um, And I just look back and laugh at like how (laughs) wild my classes were before Modern Classroom. Um, But Chauncey, what about you? I love your story, Chauncey, as far as like how you heard about MCP. So go ahead and share and like what year of teaching did you start implementing as well? Yeah, so it's funny because I'm on the podcast and I've actually learned about Modern Classroom through the podcast. So um, one of the guidance counselors at my school, um, Miss Fitch, who she's one of those people that just kind of get it like she gets it. And so um, we had like a list of professional development modules that we could have chose 
um, to to go through. And I'd already done the ones I'm you know required to do. And um, she emailed me and told me she was like, hey, I need you to look at this podcast like, or listen to this podcast. And I was like, what is this? You know, something, you know, whatever. So I, I listened to it. And within the first, I would say, five minutes, I was completely in, like completely sold. I started looking up things online. I found the website. I started looking up the uh, different videos and everything and um, just completely just, I don't know. It's like a love at first sight type story. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I did that. And then she actually had found out about the um, black male cohort as well. And so she told me about that and I went on and applied and I got it. And so, you know, here we are now. So, yeah. So I, um, what happened was for, as far as how I started implementing it, the black male cohort started around like October, November. Um, and so of 2020. So February of 2021, it kind of worked out perfectly the way my school does our um, semesters. Um, our second semester starts right as I was finishing the cohort. So I was able to implement it um, the second half of last school year. And so I got to do a complete semester. Um, and then as far as like coming in to teach, um, I started teaching in December of 2019. Um, so you had all you know, December, January, February, then March 2020 is when COVID kind of shut everything down. So I had like three or four months of traditional teaching and then uh, found the the uh, modern classroom. So and that's just so, so, so exciting. Um, I know that when Chauncey told me at first that, you know, he found out about modern classroom through the podcast, I was like, yay. And now you're going to be a guest. How exciting. And then also just Anna too, you know, Anna started, um, first year teaching, just like looking into how modern classroom is going to basically transform her classroom, which is really great. Um, I also love the fact, Anna, that you are now a mentor for modern classroom. Um, I'm just so excited to have your perspective. And also, I know that you're going to be able to help out teachers, new teachers at that, kind of just navigate how to implement uh, this model that's like completely brand new and also trying to get to know how it is to be a teacher. Um, and so with that, tell me more about, you know, your experience. What were some of the things that were challenging to you? Um, and what were some of the things that you were just like, no, this is actually pretty easy. I could do this right away as a new teacher. So for me, I, I would say what was the most challenging was figuring out how to completely change and shift my, my approach to classroom management. With modern classrooms, I feel like I had kind of just figured out how to manage a traditional classroom. And I with switching to modern classrooms, I had to kind of reinvent all of that. But on the other hand, for me, what was really easy was I was still building all of my materials and all of my curriculum at the time. Um, so I didn't really have to have to reinvent the wheel with creating videos and new mastery checks and new practices because I hadn't really invented the wheel yet. So, um, my prep preparing for class was actually in some ways easier, um, because I had a really clear structure of what I was trying to create. Um, and the only extra step to my preparation was recording over my slideshow, which I think took me like three hours the first time I did a video, but pretty quickly became much, much easier. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember my first video ever it took me all day, all day. It was so dumb. So three hours is good. But now I'm just like, I'm never, ever doing that ever again. <laughs> yeah, no way. Uh, perfection is, is I think, for, for professional video editors. 
Yeah, most definitely. And there's something too that I just thought about, I didn't think about was like looking at the curriculum, right? Um, I was fortunate enough to have three other English teachers to work with. And so we were able to divide up the workload. And so how was that for you, Anna or Chauncey, really just talk about the challenges? Were you supposed to, were you the only one who was working on that curriculum? Were you the only teacher? Like, how did that work out for you? So at my school, um, there are two other uh, U.S. history teachers. Um, so I'm not the only one, but our, our formats are completely different. You know, our teaching methods are completely different. So, um, yeah, I, I'm the only one that really was kind of open to the the whole modern classroom format. Um, with implementing it, I, I think challenges for me have been or were really just kind of preparing, like the preparation, um, mainly because, like y'all said, like the, the first video took forever. And I don't like to use the term perfectionist, but that's kind of where I am, especially with like videos and editing and things, because I'm just like, oh, that sounds bad. Or, you know, so I kind of got to the point where I was using like a, a script and I still do, you know, when I'm recording different videos. But um, that was the, the the hardest part for me is just the preparation and getting things done. Like when I first implemented it, I was like maybe a unit ahead of my students. So I'm like, okay, y'all are working on this unit and I'm prepping videos and things for the next one. So um, that was the the biggest part for me. Luckily for me, um, when I first started teaching, I had maybe like four and a half years of subbing experience in the same school that I actually work at now. So I was familiar with the kids already and just kind of familiar with like the whole flow of a classroom and all that, you know. Um, so that was a good part, but so I could already kind of envision how it would look and, and, you know, from having that experience in a classroom already. So, yeah. So I think I have like a, a clarifying question or not really a clarifying question, just another follow-up question. But um, when you started implementing, Anna, when you started implementing the model, did you implement all three pillars or did you start out with one pillar? So that did you start out with the blended learning, self-pacing, mastery base? Like how did you implement it? Did you implement it like all the way through or just bits and pieces? Yeah, I tried to do the whole thing uh, at once. Um, so I, the only thing I didn't implement was a physical pacing tracker because I knew at the time that trying to keep up with um, filling out the pacing tracker was something that was going to be that it was a little beyond where I was at the time. Um, but I I did the self pacing, I did mastery checks, and I did um, the the blended video notes um, for the for that unit. It was a and I, I picked a shorter unit, so it was a little easier to develop. I think I sat down one day and just took the full day to make all my videos. And then was able to kind of get off and running. And it was amazing the difference in my class. So it was my seventh period that I, and my first period classes that I was implementing it with because I had, uh, they were both my, my physics one classes. And I swear there was this massive just burst of energy and particularly my seventh period. I saw some students who'd never worked together working together, um, which I think for me is really what sold it, sold the modern classrooms model to me because I saw how well it worked. Chauncey, what about you? Did you implement the whole thing in the beginning or did you just do some parts of it? Yes, yeah, so I am I went all in like Anna, um, the blended self-paced master, master base. I went all the way in. Um, before, right before I finished the cohort, that kind of semester before, um, I was already making videos because at the time, um, that 2020, 2021 school year, our uh, district was blended already 
um, and we had started off um, completely virtual. And so in my mind, I was like, before I even had even heard about modern classrooms, I was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to record videos because I don't know if these kids are going to show up to these, you know, virtual class, you know, meetings or whatever. And so I don't want to have to keep repeating myself or if someone is not here, you know, having to go through all that. So I'd already made up in my mind, like I'd started creating videos. I had to perfect them, obviously, but I'd already d done that a little bit. And so once I fully rolled out the model, I, I went all in with with everything, self-pacing, you know, videos, everything. So, yeah. And that's, yeah, it's really nerve wracking, right? To just go and dive in uh, implementing all three pillars. It is just a completely brand new model for a lot of us. And so some teachers say like, you know, they want to implement just bits and pieces, which is absolutely okay. Chelsea, thinking back on what you were saying, um, you said that there are two other history teachers and you are the only one who's implementing the model. How are you navigating that? Um, well, I'm I'm constantly like... <laughs> cheering on the model and like telling them what I'm doing and, and all of that. Um, and even some of the other, you know, history teachers um, in my school that don't necessarily teach the same content area as me um, or, you know, the specific history as me. I'm just, I'm, I'm constantly sharing with them how it works. Um, my successes, my challenges, you know, things like that. Um, and I, I just, a lot of them, I'm like the newest teacher in my department. I think I am the newest teacher in my department. So they've been here, they've been teaching for 10 plus years and to them. And I understand completely like adopting a whole new classroom model is like, <laughs> I'm not reinventing the wheel. Like I've been doing this, you know, they might change up, you know, one or two things every now and then, but to completely reinvent how they do things at this point they're just like, nah, you know, so I, I get it. I get it completely. But um, I just I, I just continually continually talk about the model and, and what it's doing for my classroom and how I love it and how I'm enjoying it and all of that. So it seems like they're pretty supportive. Nobody was just like, no, you can't do that. Or Ugh, you're a new teacher. You're trying something new. That's not going to work for us. Like, how does, <laughs> you know, how does. Yeah, none. Yeah, none of that. They've, they've definitely been supportive. Um. Even um, my, you know, department head, I've shared a little bit with my admin. That was where I was going. I was kind of, you know, a little scared about, you know, it's like, <laughs> how's admin going to look if they walk in my room and all my kids are just like doing their own thing, you know? So that was, that's been the biggest thing. But even my admin, they, they've been supportive. Um, you know, one of them like popped in as I, as I was explaining the model to my students at one point. And so they... It's, it's been support now. Everybody, like I said, everyone is not willing to jump on the bandwagon to try it, but they've definitely been supportive with what I'm doing. And that's so good to hear. That's so, so good to hear. I know that it's really challenging trying to implement a brand new model of like teaching and learning, right? And then it's also really challenging to be a newer teacher doing this new thing. So I, that's really good for me to hear that your admin is pretty supportive and your, your colleagues are pretty supportive as well. Yeah. So, Anna, you were talking about curriculum earlier. Do you have to create your own curriculum? Like, how does that how does that work as a new teacher? Did, were you given a curriculum or did you have to kind of figure that out on your own? Um, so it actually depended. So I had um, three different preps my first year. So in one of them, I was in a really great CT 
um, super with uh, two other teachers, both of whom had a lot of experience, had a lot of, had a lot of advice and who I could really um, take a lot of ideas from. Wait, Anna, did you, I'm sorry. Did you say three preps your first year? Yeah. Right. That's where I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all physics, all physics, but I teach, I teach three different kinds. I taught three different kinds of physics my first year. I actually taught four different kinds this year and I'm teaching four different kinds. And then you implemented the model as well. You are what? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's the only thing keeping me sane right now, if I'm being honest, um, being able to like write down exactly what I'm doing for each class and create all my videos and my, my mastery checks and my practices is like the only thing keeping me organized at this point, I think. Um, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot, but uh, I figured, I was able to kind of figure out an organiza- organizational strategy that worked. So it turned out okay. That's, a, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I would have been, I, I definitely, my first year, I also had three different preps because I was working with fifth grade, sixth grade, and seven and eighth mix. So um, yeah, I mean, kudos to you. And it's good to hear that modern classroom, that the model is the one that's kind of keeping you sane. Um, I, I, uh, I don't have any words. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it helps that uh, so two of the classes I teach are pretty similar. One is kind of an overview survey physics course. Um, the other is um, the first half of IB physics, and so it's um, a pre- so they both kind of are the same for about the first semester, um, which was really helpful. But yeah, I found you know just had to be really organized. Um, and usually um, what was helpful was I was planning out a whole unit at once with modern classrooms. Um, so what I what I what would happen is I would make sure that all my units were staggered so that I could plan out a unit for one class and then kind of set that unit, let that unit go and really focus on another class the next week. And so that was really, really helpful um, my first year and especially last year. I feel like you deserve a trophy. Um, cause that's a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> my mouth is literally still open because I can't even wrap my head around the fact that you are a brand new teacher with four preps and then also implementing a new model. Like, holy cow. Um, go you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figure, you know, if I can do this, I can, I can do everything else will be easier. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So do you think that like, you'll continue to use this model? Both of you really, do you think you'll be able to like continue using this model wherever you go, whatever grade or content you teach? Yeah. So I think if I'm teaching physics, um, or really, I think, um, you know, for, for me at yeah, physics, math, sci- other sciences are kind of where my, my whole area. Um, so I could definitely see myself continuing to do the modern classrooms model um, in that in that in that field um one other class that i um am teaching actually right now is a class called ib theory of knowledge um and it's a really interesting class where there are there's a structure but it's it's very very loose um because the purpose of the class is to teach teach students how to think about how they know what they know um what knowledge even means um, so it's very, very exploratory and very discussion based. Um, so I found for that, that's the only class that I've um, taught where the modern classrooms model didn't quite fit in. Yeah, I hear you. Um, there's definitely been a couple of teachers who are like, oh, I don't know how to like implement this. Right. Which is completely fine. And that's why they do like bits and pieces. Uh, but Chauncey, what were you going to say? 
Yeah, um, I definitely plan on using it, um, especially with my, you know, U.S. history or any other, you know, we do world history, government, um, if I ever, ever were to teach those. Um, but kind of like what Anna said, I have a currently um, my school district is starting African-American history. So this is the first year they have it and I'm teaching it this semester. And um, what I, I did want to implement the model with that just because I'm still trying to get comfortable with like how I want to lay out the class and everything. But um, I don't know that the model would work necessarily for that class because it is, it's very loose. Like she said, it's, it's a lot of discussion based, you know, so it's, it's, it's a little different, um, but I definitely plan on continuing to use the model with my other uh, classes. Yeah, I remember you and I were talking about how um, you're still trying to figure out how the African-American um, history was going to go. So but that's really exciting that, you know, your students have that option to take that class. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really excited about it this year. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Um, So, you know, earlier I said, like, I've had multiple questions and discussions about whether or not this model is for new teachers. Um, what are your thoughts for people who question if this model is applicable for newer teachers? Anna, let's start with you. Yeah. So when I was actually thinking about this question, so first of all, it's definitely applicable for new teachers. Um, it's, I think, something that you can, that gives you a concrete um, tool to use when you're going into, into your first year. Um, th I'm thinking back to my, my, uh, in-service week, my first year, and I had a hard time figuring out what to, what to exactly to be doing with myself. Um, cause I didn't really know what I needed to do to be fully planned, um, for my first week versus this year. And part of this is experience, of course, but also I think the modern classrooms model being so structured, um, uh, really helped me create almost like a check, a checklist for myself for that first week. So I knew when I got in every day, what I needed to do, um, on the other hand, I do the only thing that I that I that I think about is um, I got a lot better at lecture at creating a lecture and figuring out where my students might be confused um, as I went through my first year. So I wonder whether my lecture videos before my first year of teaching would have been as effective if I had tried to do them going into my first year versus starting to create them halfway through it. But then thinking again, I did a lot of on the other handing when I was thinking about this question. Um, so I was also thinking, you know, um, going into your second year of teaching with a full set of videos is really, really helpful because then you can really focus on uh, perfecting and tweaking things versus um, having to create new materials your second year. Um, so I feel like that was a lot of a wide range of thoughts. But um, I, I guess my advice to new teachers is you give it a try. Um, you might find that when you go into your second year, you want to recreate some of your earlier videos, but having that basis of material to work on is really, really, really helpful. And that's a, and that's a good point too, though, Anna, right? Like when I think back on my first year of teaching, oh my gosh, I don't think I would teach the same way ever, right? Um, and if we do start out creating instructional videos, it's a great starting point to see where you started. And then like throughout experience and all of that good stuff, you can see where you are right now. And I think that that would be really, really cool to see. I wish that I was able to have done that to see how much growth I've had throughout my teaching career. Um, and those are all very like, valid points. I like that you were just like, yeah, it's great. But then also keep this in mind. And then <laughs> but I feel like that's how it is with teaching, right? Like, oh yeah, like it's great. 
here are some things to just keep in mind. Um, so thank you for sharing. What about you, Chauncey? Yeah, um, the first year is just, it's so crazy. I always feel like as a first year teacher, as, as no matter how you prep and, you know, all the books and theories that you learn about and read about, it's like that first year is just like, what in the world is this? Like, <laughs> what is going on? You know? Um, so yeah, it, it definitely gives you like something concrete to kind of wrap your head around, like how a class is supposed to flow. Um, so yeah, I definitely that, but um, I think also with the, the videos um, when you, when you create the videos, you remember what you said and how you presented it. So you can go back and, and change it if need be. So for me, well, the way my, my school is set up, we have four blocks, they're 90 minutes each. Um, and so I found my first year I was doing the same, I was doing U S history three times a day. And so basically the same lecture, but I noticed, you know, by the time the end of the day got or came, you know, I'm presenting my, I've done my lecture three different ways, you know? And so I really can't gauge, you know, accurately what my students are are getting or where I need to, you know, adjust because I, I didn't do it the same way every time, you know? So with the videos, it's a little bit better and you can kind of see like, okay, well, maybe I need to explain this a little bit better on the next video, um, that type of thing. So yeah, I definitely a- agree with that for sure. Um, and I definitely feel like it's applicable to first year teachers more so than any other teacher, because um, I've had a lot of ex- experience. Like I said, I'm the youngest, well, the newest teacher in my department. And so a lot of them are 10 plus in. And so for me, you know, coming in as a first year teacher, you can lay the foundation with the model. And if you ever want to just stop and maybe go back to a traditional model, it's an easier transition from modern classroom to traditional versus traditional to modern classroom, which is why I think a lot of veteran teachers don't adopt the model because they have to completely reinvent the wheel, you know? So I think it's most, you know, applicable for, for first year teachers because you can, you can really lay out what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I'm so glad that you stated that because that's my, I I also believe that like, it's much better to start off with this model just because we know there's been a lot of research that shows traditional teaching does not work, but yet that's consistently what we're doing because that's how we were taught. So that's how we're used to doing the teaching and learning thing. Um, And so I completely agree with you. Um, I had a conversation with uh, my supervisor and I was like, yo, I think like we need to go into colleges and go to like the teacher colleges and teach new teachers how to do all of these cool things. Um, but then there was also that conversation too, what Anna was talking about. It was like, well, there's so many things to juggle as a new teacher, right? Um, I really like Chauncey, you pointing out with like the instructional videos of how every lesson that you have, it changes if you're doing a live lecture. But so you don't really know how you've grown and what you've changed. But in a video, you can actually have the same energy for all of your classes and have the same messaging, the same examples, all of that for all of your classes that you're um, that you can access whenever you need to to remind you of what you taught. And then also for students to access whenever they need to. Um, I know for last episode, like Lisa and I were talking about how like your teacher is now in your book bag right? Like it's in your devices. You can access your teacher teaching this content, which I thought was just like so great. And then also last year, I worked at an independent school where a lot of the teachers were teachers who've been there for over 10 years. So it was a little bit like 
you know, I'm going in there talking about modern classroom and they're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> We've been doing it this way. <laughs> We're not about to reinvent the wheel. And then, of course, it makes sense, too, because COVID was happening last year. So it was just one thing on top of another on top of another. And so I guess like it kind of goes into our next question is that do you think that this would have been helpful to learn about the model before teaching for the first time ever? Or do you think that it could be overwhelming? Yeah, um, I think I would have really liked knowing about this going into my first year. Uh, I think back to the beginning of my first year. And the the thing that I struggled with the most was differentiation. Um, it was something I had learned about in my teacher education program. Um, but I felt like I didn't have like a holistic model that I could, could use in my classroom where I could figure out a way to make sure that every lesson was differentiated to meet my students' needs um, and to meet my students where they were. Um, so I would have really loved to have something like the modern classrooms model get taught in a, you know, a, maybe a lecture on on differentiation as, as a tool that you can use. Um, so I think it, it really is particularly powerful for that. Yeah. And so having having that going in would have really helped me, I think, solidify uh, some of the practices that I wanted to implement the beginning of my first year and just didn't have a, a method, a how to guide for how to do it. And thanks for sharing that, because I know that's a, a huge concern, right? I know Kareem's always talking about how differentiation is a buzzword, but no one actually knows how to do it properly. Like we'll say all day long, we need to differentiate, but then nobody knows how to do it. And so with this model, you're absolutely correct. Like you're able to differentiate as much as you need to for the students in your classroom. So thank you for sharing that, Anna. Um, and Chauncey, what about you? Do you think that this would have been helpful to learn about the model before teaching for the first time? Or do you think that, that it could have been overwhelming? Absolutely. I feel like it is is definitely something that you need to know or learn and, you know, learn how to implement before going into teaching. Um, just having it as another option, even if, you know, obviously everyone is not going to like it and adopt it, but having it as another, you know, an an option is, I think, is super important because, like you said, like differentiation—that's that's all you ever hear. But it's like, okay, we want you to differentiate, but um, just keep doing it the way you've been doing it. Just figure out, you know, how to make it look like differentiation. You know, so um, the model kind of takes all of that and and puts it into play, and is it just it works? It, it really just works. Yeah. And there's even like a lingering question in my head that we didn't talk about. But I know, Anna, you mentioned classroom management. And I know for new teachers, that is a struggle, right, on how to manage a class. Um, and so especially when you're implementing a model, do you have any kind of piece of advice for classroom management while also implementing the model? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, build, so this is another buzzword that you hear a lot in education school and in, in professional development, but building relationships is so key to, for me at least, for classroom management. Uh, so what I actually like to do during the first uh, few weeks of school, once my students are starting to work through their unit, I like to pull students aside and I try to get through every student in my class um, and meet with them one-on-one -on -one to get a little, to get to know a little bit about them. And I found that those like little like five-minute conversations with each student uh, makes classroom management so much easier throughout the year. And the only reason I have the time in my classroom to be able to do that is because I have these lecture videos. And so, and I have these, this independent, this, or this way for students to access the, the course independently, which frees me up to, to meet with students and to really get to know them. And then 
um, I found that, you know, those, those relationships, because my students trust me and they know that I care about them as humans, um, I found it was really, really helpful for, for maintaining classroom management. Because sometimes even you just, you know, I'm disappointed this doesn't seem like you. It is really enough even even with um, the the junior I teach juniors and seniors in high school. So even with them, I found that's really, really effective. That's literally music to my ears. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> what about you, Chauncey? Uh, what's your experience been with classroom management and uh, modern classroom? Yeah, so this is actually my week. So this is our second week of school. This is my week that I'm doing just that, Anna. Like I, I have my students fill out um, like an info sheet, Google, you know, survey or whatever. And I always read them, but now I'm, I've printed them out and I, I'm pulling each student to the side, you know, for a quick, you know, just run through like, Hey, I see you like salt and vinegar chips. I love those too. You know? So, um, and it just, it makes those connections that you can't always do, you know, with all of your students, like my class, I have one class of 26 right now and another one of 30, you know, with the, the, that I'm using with the model. And so, you know, maybe a couple of weeks in, I'll, I will make one-on-one contact with everyone, but I have time to actually do that. And it does definitely affect classroom management, um, you know, because you, you get to see the dynamic of all of your kids. Like, you know, you, you know who's, you know, your really opinionated talker or, you know, you get to see all of them one-on-one. So that definitely helps with um, t- uh, classroom management. And, and then also, too, I think, I don't know if I heard it in one of the other podcasts or you know, somewhere dealing with the the modern classroom. But I think what classroom management, um, there's a certain level of control that a lot of teachers want to maintain, you know. And so with the model, you kind of have to relinquish, you know, control um, a little bit because you're giving you're putting it in the hands of the the students, you know, and you're kind of just overseeing things. And so once you kind of wrap your head around that, I think the whole idea of of classroom management will change or your paradigm of, of classroom management will change. It's like, I don't need to be, you know, over the kids and making sure, you know, you're doing this, you do this right now, you do this between this time and this time. And, you know, you don't have to do that. And that's not necessarily classroom management all the time. That's not what it always looks like. And so, um, yeah, just just that idea of control and 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 thinking about what classroom management really is, you know, so. Yeah, I'm literally jumping up and down. <laughs> I love both of your responses when it comes to that, because like Anna said, right, uh, building relationships is such a buzzword. And then I love just hearing from both of you about just the fact that like, no, you actually do get to establish relationships with each one of your students because you're no longer in front of them for however many minutes, right? And you have to be, you can be intentional, you can do your check-ins. And I was like Chauncey too, right? Like I would have really cool things for my students to fill out at the beginning of the school year and never actually have the time to read over it and discuss it with students. And so finding out that students love salt and vinegar chips, like, that's bomb because I also love salt and vinegar chips. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, that's like one of those things like it's it just literally takes one thing for um, a teacher and a student to connect. And the model just allows for it to happen so organically, so beautifully. So I'm oh, this 
just warms my heart so much. Like I'm, I'm literally jumping up and down and I know Zach is going to kill me because my <laughs> sound is probably going <laughs> um, loud and then like soft or whatever. But um, so, yeah, thank you. So let's, let's wrap up a little bit um, and let's wrap it up with like a piece of advice. I know, Anna, you already shared a piece of advice, but the, is there anything else that both of you have to share for new teachers? Like what piece of advice um, do you have for someone who just started teaching and is interested in implementing the model? I would say um, just be patient with it. Like be patient with yourself. Um, Be patient with the model. Um, My first implementation of the model was virtual, like completely virtual with my students. And then we went to the hybrid model where I I had maybe five or six students in front of me, everyone else at home. And so it worked perfectly that way. This is my first year implementing it with all of my you know, students in the room with me. And I know the first day or two was like, all right, maybe I, <laughs> maybe I jumped too fast with this, but it has leveled out. And and honestly, like if you, if you're honest with your, your students, like you tell them, Hey guys, we're going to try this. If it doesn't work for this class, we'll, we'll do that. Um, for example, with my mastery checks, I went into the school year thinking I wanted to do mastery checks completely online. You know, I would have them come to a designated area in the room and they would do the mastery checks in front of me. Um, but I've realized that didn't work. So now we're doing mastery checks on paper and that's a lot easier for me. It's a lot easier for them. And so I was able to change and, you know, things flow a whole lot better which is great, you know, so just be patient. It, it can be, and it, it may be really overwhelming at first because you're trying something new. Your students are not used to this for the most part. You know, I'm the only one in my building who's, who's doing this. And so it, you just have to be patient and just, just monitor the flow of things and adjust, be ready to pivot at any moment, you know, brainstorm and even talk to the kids. Like, Hey guys, do y'all think this will work better? Do you think you would like to do this this way? You know, kind of get their feedback a little bit because again, the model is for them. And so you want it to be um, something that that works for them. So uh, that would be my advice. Be patient and, you know, just be ready to adjust and be okay with adjusting. Yeah. I want to second everything Chauncey said about the importance of being patient and being flexible. Um, one thing I know I always, I still struggle with is getting the timing right with um, target deadlines. And so knowing that I need to be flexible with those is really, really helpful. Um, But uh, to give a new piece of advice as well, um, I think my biggest piece of advice is to um, make sure that you're planning ahead. Um, So I can tell you the beginning of when I'm creating my new units, my, um, I create a spreadsheet that I think looks kind of makes me look like I'm losing my mind a little bit. um, Because I have uh, a checkbox for everything that I need to create for the unit, every everything that I need to print and everything that I need to get that I need to post on our LMS. But having that written out um, plan for each unit is just really, really helpful. So um, especially when you're first starting out, just being able to visualize everything that you need to do uh, and everything everything that you need to do to be prepared. Um, I think it's fundamental to be able to to implement the modern classroom model your first year. 
Thank you so much, both of you. Uh, this has been such an eye-opening experience. I always say, like, I wish I would have started out with Modern Classroom, but then hearing both of your experiences, I'm kind of glad I didn't start out with <laughs> Modern Classroom, although I think I still would have rocked it. Um, but you two are rock stars. I hope to have you in the teaching world forever because your students are so lucky to have both of you. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today. And we really appreciate all of the, sh the shared experiences that you provided us today. Thank you so much for listening to us and we will see you next week. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. You can find links to topics and tools we discussed in our show notes for this episode. And remember, you can learn more about our work at www.modernclassrooms.org and you can learn the essentials of our model through our free course at learn.modernclassrooms.org. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Modern Class Proj, that's P-R-O-J. We are so appreciative of all you do for students in schools. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast.